Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Very good. Today, we'd like to welcome uh, all those listening to this uh, time, this uh, time of our message here in Coolidge. We're studying Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We're going to complete that chapter today. Um, It's known as the faith chapter. What I like about it, um, one of the things is uh, the fact that God has recorded and left us a witness of faithful people. Now that means something to us. That's, it's good to look back the same way as we think about Memorial Day, kind of. We look back at people who defended their country and their, and their friends and all. We look back and see that how people were faithful to God all the way back, recorded in the scriptures. And in the Old Testament, basically, and, and some of the New Testament. But the fact is, um, uh, it's just incredible to think uh, of, of what has been done. And it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's a great thing to concentrate on, think about. You know, uh, we're going to be looking from verse 8 on today. But we're going to find three time periods, three time periods in this, three groups, if you will, spoken of. I don't want to call them dispensations because that gets confusing with other other kinds of doctrines. But but they are clearly three groups here, spoken of as faithful people within their time period. All, All were faithful to God in in the time that they lived or are living now, living today, because the last group is is the the assemblies, um, the the new covenant. And and we are part of the new covenant today. There's been many that have passed, but um, here's the the groups, the patriarchs, because the name of this, I kind of named this, this talk, the, the faith of the patriarchs. Because when I look back, you know, I think I know men, I, I've known men that were uh, good teachers and preachers and good Christian men. I call them the patriarchs, really, of the, the ones that are gone, especially. Most of them are gone. All that all are gone that I grew up with. But nonetheless, um, they are the patriarchs of the time before the promise to Abraham from God. Those are patriarchs on their own, before Abraham. The second group, the covenant age that is from Abraham, from God in the promise given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
until the birth of the Lord's church, which was A.D. 30, 31. Uh, that's a period of time that people were faithful to God under the promise made to Abraham, under the law, under the regulations, under the different things to do with the nation of Israel, the people of God, the Hebrews, whatever you want to look at it. The third group, the new covenant period of time that we are living in now and that began last week we celebrated the Pentecost. Well, that was the beginning of the first message that brought people into the faith, into the new covenant. The kingdom of God, but still through faith. And as we are alive Today, us, us in this building, uh, we are to be faithful, believing faithfully, and until we put off these bodies of flesh, we are called to be faithful to God through faith. In other words, we are believing uh, without seeing, if you will. Now, there's three groups here, but they're all very similar in that through faith in God's Word, we all have life, the life. That's the life that never ends. This has always been God's requirement of mankind to inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God basically is what we call heaven, the abode of God, the promise of, to the righteous to the righteous of the patriarchs, to the righteous that will live maybe beyond us. Let's look at the text. Verses 8 through 22. And by the way, all of our Bibles have the word by in front of faith. Uh, the word by is not in the, is not in the Greek. There's no way to explain it. why it's there except, except in our vernacular, we speak English, it's there to kind of help us into the sentence, okay? It's not a word that we need to, to think that it means anything beyond just a help as far as the English uh, rendering goes. You can say in, but the word in's not there either. None of those words are there. It's just, in, you know, faith, Abraham. Well, by faith, or through faith, Abraham, being called, did obey to go forth to the place that he was about to receive for an inheritance. And he went forth, forth not knowing whither he doth go. Is that faithfulness to you? Some people don't think anything of that, but friends, would you do it? Now, God spoke to Abraham because that's how he communicated with man in that day. You know something? There was no Bible in Abraham's day. God spoke through fathers and sons, but he spoke to people. He spoke to Abraham and told him to do this. Pack up your things and go this direction. He didn't tell him where he was going. He was going to take him to a land that he would inherit. Well, 
Today, God speaks to us not that way. He speaks to us through his word, through the Bible. And friends, the voice is just as clear, it's just as powerful, and it's just as true. Verse 9. Through faith he did sojourn in the land of the promise as a strange country. In other words, the land he was promised was a strange country to him, and that's the way basically he lived his life. In tabernacles, having dwelling with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise, that is the same promise God gave Abraham. For he was looking for the city, having the foundations, whose architect and builder is God. In faith also Sarah herself, that is Abraham's wife, Sarah did receive power to conceive seed, and she bare after the time of life, seeing she did judge him faithful who did promise. Now, Sarah was a very old woman when she had her first child, way beyond the years of bearing children for women. And Abraham was, was also in, the, in his body as far as reproduction. He was dead too, but God caused a miracle. Wherefore also, from one we were begotten, and that of one who had become dead, that is, Abraham, and the stars of the heaven in the multitude, and as sands that is by the seashore, the, the innumerable. Verse 13. In faith, now here we have the preposition proper, in faith died all these, not having received the promises, but from afar having seen them and having been persuaded and having saluted them and having confessed that strangers and sojourners they are upon the earth. For those things, such things make manifest that they seek a country. And if, indeed, they had been mindful of that from which they came forth, they might have had an opportunity to return. But now, they long for a better, that is, a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed of them, to be called their God, for he did prepare for them a city. And the city is reference to the city of God that was promised. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac, being tried. The only begotten he did offer up who did receive the promises, of whom it was said, In Isaac shall a seed be called to thee. Reckoning that even out of the dead, God is able to raise up whence also in a figure he did receive him. By faith, concerning coming things, Isaac did bless Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob dying, 
each of his sons of Joseph did bless and did bow down upon the top of his staff. The last verse we'll look at right now is, By faith, Joseph, dying concerning the outgoing of the sons of Israel, did make mention, and concerning his bones, did give command. Now, who's Joseph? Well, Joseph is one of the sons of Jacob. He was the the son that was sold into slavery by his brothers and went to Egypt and became the second most powerful man in Egypt. That's who Joseph was. But when he, um, but when he died. He made sure that his bones, he told those that uh, those of the Jewish group there, his brothers, he told them that when they left, when they left Egypt, and that's where they all were then, they were in Goshen. When they left there, that his bones were to be taken with them when they left. Why do you think that was? You, you see, Joseph, even in the position he was, understood and believed the promise that God had made Abraham of the promised land. They knew where it was, but they weren't living there. He wanted his bones to go to the promised land where he knew they would eventually go. How did he know that? Because Abraham had told everyone. That's what God promised him that this would happen. All right. Now we look at this, we we realize the word faith. Faith is the idea here. Faith was defined to us in the first seven verses of Hebrews. Okay? The patriarchs look forward to the city of God. That's what we find in that text. Uh, In the city of God... um, Is, is is the kingdom of God? It, it's the it's the fulfillment of Abraham's promise that the that his offspring would become the sons of God in promise that they would be rewarded for their faithfulness and their righteousness in the kingdom of God, the one that had no end. And we've spoke about the kingdom. It was seen. It was mentioned. Daniel and Neb uh, as he interpreted the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, revealed the kingdom without end. And that is, of course, the kingdom that was established by Jesus and as the Messiah and preached and, and uh, set forth by the apostles of Christ. Verse 11, Sarah believed God for a son. You know why she believed? Because she realized that one of those three visitors was the Lord himself. Two angels and the Lord. Read Genesis chapter 18. You'll see that Abram was sitting under a tree and he saw three visitors coming his way. Read the whole account and you'll find out what happened. One of those was the Lord. Verse 13, in faith, that is their faith, even 
even in the unseen God, the patriarchs died, each one of them. They died faithful men towards God, never receiving the promise of, of God in their lifetime. You know, you know, that's how faith works. And that's why we have people that, that we know, and I have people that I know, uh, that died in the faith that God would keep all of his promises, that when they died they would have a home with, with the Lord in heaven, and that all would be exactly as the scriptures reveal. They didn't receive it in the flesh, but where are they now? This is something we need to consider. This is the realities of life, friends. And, it, and, it's, and it's true. All of these patriarchs, through Joseph, were continuing to believe the promises that God had made to Abraham considering sonship and a land of their own, the promised land as we know, Palestine, and life after death with the Father in heaven. A better country, as it's called. The city of God, that's the new Jerusalem. In this hope and through faith they believed in all that God had promised and they did so to their credit because they were found righteous in the sight of God as an example, so much so that we read about them in the Scripture by name. It's, it's, this is incredible. You know, God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faithfulness and righteousness. And when that applies to a person, in, a, in the context, that, that person is named. That doesn't mean they're the only people that were righteous or had faith. Of course not. They're just given as an example because of their position uh, that, that they lived in. Now, let's go to the second covenant age. That is Abraham, the promise. That gap of time there between Abraham and, and Moses when the Israelites were led out of Egypt and, they, and, and to the promise of Abraham was added the law at Sinai, the Ten Commandments, and then came all the rest as they went, wandered through the desert for 40 years and came to and, and, and did in fact receive the promised land. And this, this period runs all the way up, like I said, uh, to the establishment of the church, the Lord's church. Hebrews 23 through 39. <clears throat> and it begins, In faith, Moses, having been born, was hid three months by his parents because they saw the child comely and were not afraid of the decree of the king or the pharaoh. By faith, Moses, having become great, did refuse to be called a son of the daughter of Pharaoh. Moses was, the, was a prince of Egypt. He lived with the king, the Pharaoh. But he refused to be called 
the son of the daughter of Pharaoh, even though she rescued him from the Nile. This is the story of faith. It's a very important. Having chosen, rather, to be afflicted with the people of God than to have sin's pleasure for a season. Sin's pleasure for a season was living as an Egyptian at that time. Greater wealth having reckoned the reproach of the Christ than the treasures in Egypt, for he did look to the recompense of reward. You see, the Jews that lived in Egypt so many years ago, they were awaiting Messiah. They were waiting for the Messiah. Verse 27, By faith he left Egypt behind, not having been afraid of the wrath of the king, for as seen the invisible one, he endured. In faith they did pass through the Red Sea as through dry land. Oh, I missed a verse. Verse 28. In faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, and he who was destroying the firstborn might not touch them. That was the first Passover in Egypt. By faith they did pass through the Red Sea as on dry land, which the Egyptians, had, having received a trial of, were swallowed up. By faith the walls of Jericho did fall, having been surrounded for seven days. By faith Rahab the harlot did not perish, with those who disbelieved, having received the spies with, with peace. Now Rahab was a citizen of Jericho, but she believed in, in the God of the Hebrews, and she protected the spies that had been sent there, and she was saved from, from destruction. Verse 32, And what shall I yet say? For the time will fail me recounting about Gideon, Barak, also as Samson, uh, Jedephiah, David also, Samuel, and the prophets, so many of them, who through faith did subdue kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped mouths of lions, quelched the power of fire, escaped the mouth of the sword, were made powerful out of infirmities, became strong in battle, caused to give way camps of the aliens. Women received by a rising again their dead, and others were tortured, not accepting the redemption that a better rising again they might receive, a better resurrection they might receive. And others of mocking and scourging did, did receive trial, and yet of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tried in the killing of the sword they died and went about in sheepskin, in goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, injuriously treated, and of whom the world was not worthy in deserts wandering 
and in mountains and in caves and in the holes of the earth. And these all, having been testified to through faith, did not receive the promise. All of those never received the promise that they believed God would send. Now, let's look a little closer at Moses, verses 24 through 29. Moses chose, and this is what living in faith is all about. This is what we do when we choose Jesus of Nazareth as our Savior. Moses had a choice to make. He chose the God of his fathers rather than the crown of Egypt. For, as you remember, he was the prince of Egypt. He chose the invisible one. That's what the scripture calls God here in verse 27. The invisible one. God is invisible. He's hidden. You, no man has ever seen God and lived. If we could see God, the idea of faith would, be, would not be relevant. We have, have to have faith that he is. We study that in Hebrews 11, verse 6. Moses, he chose the invisible one over the wealth that he could see. And friends, we might have a hard time understanding what the wealth of Egypt looked like in the day of Moses. But it would have been fantastic to see. He gave that up to follow the invisible God. God made him the leader and prophet of his own people, the Jews, because of this faith. Let's look at reread verse 33. Who through faith did subdue kingdoms, wrong, uh, wrought righteousness and obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. This is the, the idea Many have been faithful, and they are our examples to live a life of faithfulness towards God, God's promises that we find in his word. There are no promises of God outside of the Bible, friends. You know, the invisible one and what Moses did is the definition of faith that we find in Hebrews 1 through 7. You know, that, that, that we must believe that God is. That these things are not seen, you see. But we still believe them. That's the definition of faith. That's why we can say he's a great example. But there's one more faithful group, the New Covenant Age, those who have seen and lived in the fulfillment of God's promises. We live in that time. We share in that fulfillment. The new covenant is said to be a better covenant with better promises. Yet, yet we still in these bodies must live by faith. Through faith. I can say by through faith. I don't have to ignore the... Uh, the uh, I can ignore the word by if I'm speaking it myself. 
Hebrews 11.40 says this, God for us, something better has provided. Now, who's the us? See, now we've we got to think about the grammar here. The writer of Hebrews is saying that God for us, us, those reading this Hebrew letter, that is the church that was established from A.D. 31 and went on. This letter was written around uh, um, after 60 A.D. God, he's saying that for us, that is the church, the Christians then, something better having provided that apart from us, they might not be made perfect. Now the us is what? The church. The they are all the patriarchs and the faithful people from before. So without the church, they might not be made perfect. It had to all be done to be right. That, that's, that's what's important about this. The old covenant, to be useful and to be valid and to have a purpose, the new covenant had to come so the old covenant could be closed out and the promises are kept. And so it did happen. Those days were accomplished. The end of that covenant did come and it was completely completely removed by A.D. 70 at the removal of all things that were Jewish in the known world. But the church, the church was left. You see the shaking, the shaking that, that we read about in Hebrews, I think the next chapter, is the shaking of all that was of Judaism. The things that that fell apart and And what was left after the shaking was the assemblies of Christ, the church, and the kingdom of God. How can the people of the new covenant still be awaiting God's promises to be fulfilled in the future? The promises that were made in the Bible. Now, are we going to wait the promises we have from when we leave these bodies behind those are things that we, we can look forward to. But don't be looking for God to do something else to save you. To fulfill his promise has been accomplished. You know, when, he, when the Bible was, when the last thing was written, it was closed. It's done. Work has been, it's been accomplished. This was true. You know, there's a time in the New Testament, as we're reading, when they were still waiting for these things to happen. The days before the kingdom came to men in its full-grown state. That's when the Messiah returned and, and all was accomplished and the old covenant was removed. The promises were kept. God uh, rewarded the righteous and he punished the wicked of the Jewish faith not the whole world because they were not part of the old covenant the gentiles and those outside they weren't part of this we're talking about the old covenant people and that those would be the jews 
and the proselytes in that, as far as that goes. Because remember, until the kingdom was full grown, until the old covenant had been removed, the enemies of Christ were still present. That is, Satan and death. Jesus destroyed the work of Satan. He crushed Satan. That was the prophecy from Genesis all the way through. That's been accomplished. Death has been removed as a, as a tool of Satan. Read John chapter 11. You'll find out about death. Physical death, friends, has nothing to do with our future. These things, go, these things happen. These bodies will not last forever. And no matter how many vitamins you take, and I've took a, a truckload, it, this old thing is not going to make it a whole lot longer. You know what I mean? But that's not the end of anything. The end of some things. But that's not why, that's not why we have hope. We don't have hope that we're going to be 200 years old uh, the way I'm going, if I was 200, I probably couldn't move a finger, you know. So I don't want to be 200. <laughs> we have the promises. It's, it's been accomplished. Is not the assemblies of Christ truly the citizens of, the, of heaven that the Apostle Paul spoke of? Yes, we are. We're not the citizens of this earth. We're citizens of heaven. Yes, the apostles did teach this, and the question is, friends, do we believe it? Is your citizenship in heaven, or is it here? Only faith can answer that question for you. With that, I will... Uh, close my teaching on that on that chapter and we will have our song of invitation of consideration let Jesus come into your with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.